What's up, Jimbo? Hey, Josh. What's up, man? Uh, just chilling. Actually, I had a, a really, really busy but um, fulfilling weekend. I'd have to say it's I've been it's been very nice. It's a nice way to end my second to last uh, weekend back before going back to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to um, went to San Francisco. I had I went to a Brazilian steakhouse, which was the first time that I'd ever had uh, gone to a Brazilian steakhouse before. And um, it was pretty fat. Lots of meat, dude. I don't know what's going on in Brazil, but well, I mean, it is a steakhouse. It is, and I, I, I found. In fact, I, I realized it uh, yesterday. I was watching something, and then I was thinking about Friday night that I really like the sort of um, events where people carry around platters of food and offer them to me. Okay. Yeah, I had. Um, so this was um, in the city of San Francisco? It was in the city of San Francisco. It was like at Market and Mission or if those two streets run parallel with each other very close to, to – in, in, in the downtown area, I think it's yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I had um, Chicken Hearts was one of one of the meats that I was offered that um, was was very um, interesting. Uh, it was you – you, No, you did not say good. No. Well, the thing is it was – salty and smoked and buttery and so those are sounds good so far those are good flavors and um i chicken hearts are are particularly small i know chickens are small too but um i think it depends on the chicken right oh yeah well Um, i mean if you've seen the movie chicken run right the the animated feature i would say that some of those chickens had huge hearts (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true well if they get a chance to be a hero and um and do that then i guess their heart does grow so these were the these were not well of course you're not getting the heroic chickens because the heroic <laughs> chickens aren't going to be succumbed to the brazilian steakhouse rancher yeah these were coward chickens um but these were it, these were these were chickens right right it was chicken chickens exactly right um it, it was it you know you know the expression gamey um, you it's you could taste the gaminess through the um, salt and the butter and the smoke. Um, I was glad I did it, but it wasn't really fulfilling. I don't know that I'd go for it again, unless yeah. someone was walking around with a you know. Unless someone offered you some free chicken hearts, a spear full of chicken hearts. Yeah, yeah. But I was pleased to do that. Um, overall, I thought it was a really like a cool experience, and um, I uh, like I said, I, I consumed a great deal of meat. You still, uh, you still getting rid of it? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm done. I'm two, two green drinks past the, um, the, the, the meat orgy, so to speak. And so I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'm on the, the straight and narrow at this point right. in time. T- time will tell. Yes, yes, yes. But the reason why we were in San Francisco was um, we went to go see that the, the Van Gogh exhibit. Do you know? Have you heard anything about this Van Gogh exhibit? I had not. Heard anything until you told me until you sort of told me in passing that you were going to this thing, but I, I didn't bother to look it up. But evidently, supposedly cool. Um, yeah, it was you know what, it was fascinating. Uh, there were a couple of things that were really fascinating about it. One is that, um, it's in that same area of San Francisco, 
And um, from from the outside, it doesn't seem like it's going to be um, that big a deal because it looks like it is a um, kind of like a warehouse. And it was it was interesting to be on the streets of San Francisco. Hold on just a second. Nick is in this room. I'm going to invite Nick to talk. I'm not sure who that is, but we'll see. We'll see what he has to say um, as I was going to. Um, so so as I was saying, we're, we're there. And um, I, I I felt like such an old man there because I was like I saw uh, drug deals going on on the street. Like literally, there was a guy selling prescription drugs, and uh, there was a police officer giving someone else a ticket like 15 feet away. And um, uh, what's up? <laughs> uh, yeah, What's up, Nick? What are you up to? Uh, I am currently sitting on my boat in Marathon uh, down here in the Florida Keys, chilling, bro. Very Whoa. nice. Very nice. We're, um, we, we, we do a podcast called Naval Gazing, and we just started on uh, uh, Green Room. We've always said that we would let someone in as soon as they walk in. So it's kind of funny to have you come in. Uh, it's a weirdly named podcast. I was like, what on earth is this? That's cool. <laughs> Well, you you can Google the expression, and, and navel gazing just means you, uh, you you without 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 any real action, you think about things a great deal of no real importance. So it's just it's an old timey expression. Your belly button, bro. Yeah, well, th- think. I guess you could be staring at the sky or staring down at the ground. That's where it comes from. Interesting. Yeah. All right, well, so, there you go. What are you? What, what are you up to? Maybe what, why are you in the Keys? Are you, do you live down there? Or are you visiting? Yeah, bro, I'm a dive guy down here. So, um, yeah, I uh, went out this morning and took a few people snuba diving, which is pretty cool. Yeah, living the dream. Are you? Uh, are you a native to that area? Nah, bro, I'm from Colorado. I got tired of shivering, so I came down here. Right on. So in Colorado, were you like a ski instructor? Like just living, living uh, that life? Bro, I'm 24. <laughs> well, okay. You can be a ski instructor at 24, right? What was that? You're, I said you can be a ski instructor at 24, right? I guess that's fair. I just kind of got, like, just started getting a whole bunch of certifications. Spent the last, right. like, four years fucking around overseas, bro. I haven't really done anything special except for just travel, you know? I'd say that's pretty special. Have you been impacted at all by the, by the pandemic? Sorry? I, I said, have you been impacted at all by the pandemic? I imagine scuba diving is pretty isolated in terms of you're not going to run the risk of infecting anyone. Dude, honestly, it's the greatest thing ever. Living on a boat in the middle of a pandemic, you don't have to worry about anything. Because, I mean, the minute you get on board, um, you know, the rules kind of stop at shore for the most part, unless you run into the Coast Guard. But as long as you're not doing anything too outwardly redonkulous, they tend to leave you alone. For how long you been down there? Uh, Florida. Yeah, well, or the Keys, or you doing the doing living on the boat, doing what you're doing. Yeah, no, the Keys like three months now, and then I did three months in the Bahamas, and then what nine months on my previous boat before that. So it's been oh, kind wow. of running so, wild. I think we're going on two years coming up. Wow! So you you got you got down there to do the scuba thing right before all this this mess started. What do you mean this mess? You mean the like pa- the pandemic? The pandemic is what I meant. So, so oh, dude, like the original pandemic, like not this Delta variant nonsense, but like the actual pandemic. Um, I was up like northern Florida, so I was up West Palm, and then I left 
like November to go to the Bahamas and I did three months in the Bahamas and then came right back. So like I haven't felt a pandemic at all. At all. Wow. That's great. That's wild. And yeah. if there and if there's no pandemic, it's pretty wild to be on a boat. Like, yeah, no, know, it's super cool. It's like the best part of the R V life is you can park it anywhere, you know, pull over in a specific spot and pay for it. Right. <laughs> were you uh, were you into boats when you're in Colorado, like lake boats at all? Not at all, man. It's just been like a weird childhood dream actualized and it's going pretty fucking well i'd say <laughs> right on right on you said you did a lot of travel at world was it world travel before you settled on florida yeah bro so i did australia new zealand um and spent some time in puerto rico before i landed in the geese wow that is yeah. So I mean, pretty. I mean, I don't know. This I've never, I've never met anybody like in that sort of position. You're only 24. You know, How old were you when you left Colorado? I meet so many people every day who are in this lifestyle of just like being young and traveling and working and traveling and spending a lot of time, you know, working through the tourism industry. So essentially, like you get to go spend your time in awesome vacation locations that are beautiful, you know, and work the season, and then in the off season you get to just enjoy it. I mean, I don't know. That's that's always been kind of my view of Colorado, to be honest with you. So I don't know what part of Colorado you were from, but oh no, see- I was down uh, like in between Denver and Colorado Springs, so like suburbia. Yeah, so not Colorado. not not uh, you know, not Telluride or anything like that. Oh my God, what I would give, man! But no, I'm not like from Telluride or anywhere cool. Like, obviously, we went up on like family ski trips and stuff like that. You know, Breckenridge, Copper Mountain. Every now and again, but um, yeah, it was just more like I felt like my life in Colorado was hella mundane, you know. You ever sure, spend well. some location that everything gets boring, and then you leave and you realize, oh my god, that place is actually halfway cool. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, Josh and I both grew up in a small town in Central California called Lodi. So I, I don't know that I look back on that and say it was ever cool. But there's, I, but there's always, there's always something to be said for any place you've ever been. But we're both from California, so proximate to some pretty cool areas. Uh, Are you like in California right now. We're both yeah. in California. I'm in, I, I'm in the Bay Area, but the East Bay Area, not, not in. Uh, not in San Francisco per se, but I'm 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 only barely in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm, as, I'm as far if you go any farther away from the Bay than where I'm at, you're not in the Bay Area anymore. I'm about an, <laughs> I'm about an hour or so outside of San Francisco. Easy, that's super cool, man. I've always wanted to go to California. I got friends up in Tahoe. They're trying to get me to come out, but I haven't been able to find the time. It's unfortunate. Well, you know, I mean, I think uh, you're in the middle of hurricane season, so as you get closer to fall, maybe maybe you bail on the keys for a little bit just to avoid any uh, named named uh, tropical storms or whatever, right? See, that's the problem is I've got this contract with this dive company till October. And Through October, March- right. <laughs> yeah, so like October 1, right? And then October 1... I leave here and I got to get me and my boat up to Jacksonville, Florida, which is like 400 and some odd miles north. And then I got to be in Jacksonville for November 1 to start training for my Bahamas contract. Because I got hired on this charter boat, which is actually fucking sick. So we're doing two weeks 
um, with like I think eight to twelve guests on a forty-eight foot catamaran. Yeah, it's going to be super gnarly. I'm really excited, but we wow. So like, I have very little time in between to like actually go travel. So, right. So it's so it sounds it sounds a glamorous, but it's really work. Is what you're saying? It is. It's like half and half because like at the end of the day, you know, you put the guests to bed and you're in fucking you know you're in Georgetown. Right, but, or wherever, know, yeah. Because I spent the last four years, like, just running around and backpacking for fun, just, like, doing whatever I want. Whereas now, I'm still kind of doing the same thing, but I'm getting paid for it because half the time I'm working. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. <laughs> Which I think is pretty cool, but it's obviously, like, people have figured that out. Yeah, I mean, it's especially the... the, the... You either live that way, you decide to make it a lifestyle choice, or if you're ever going to do it, you have to do it with, when you're young. Josh and I are both beyond the point in our life where we can do that, I think. Unless, Josh, were you thinking about suddenly pursuing this? No, no. I, I probably, won't work with, probably won't work with my schedule as a high school teacher. <laughs> well, I mean, if we stay uh, like remote classroom, do you think it would run? Uh, you know what? In, in all fairness, it probably would have run last year. Um, now there's there is the pretense that we're going to go back to normal life at least for the first two weeks or so. But if if, if I had money to put down on it, I think we'll go remote fairly quickly after that. Jesus, that's so sad to hear, man. I thought we were grasping at normality, but you guys are in California. I feel like you guys are the draconian most of all of the states right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it we'll that see. bad or is it not that bad? Um, you know, it's it's hard to say because it's that it's a hidden component of it that um, it, and there are so many people here. I think that there is a legitimate genuine fear that it is that bad, and that if you don't treat it like it's that bad, it could get bad. I think it all has to do with how dense the population is, really. That's completely fair. Because from what I right. understand, places like L.A., I mean, Denver, even in the heat of it, was fucked. Excuse my language, but... That's um, fine. That's fine. I mean, from what I understand, Florida right now has uh, accounts for a third of all the new cases. But that's probably not the keys, because you're out on a boat in really remote. And so there's people... It me, though, man. Miami right now is popping off. It's so much fun. And Key West is crazy right now. <laughs> right, right, right. So everyone's basically in close proximity to each other all the time doing oh, being, being crazy. Like clubs are full open, like the streets in Miami Beach are packed. It's awesome. It's a great night out, but like it feels like it did pre COVID and I it might just be a little too early. I don't know. I'm enjoying it, but at the end of the day it's probably unsafe and reflecting. Well, yeah, it's, it's probably unsafe, but once again, you're probably in the safest place in terms of that uh, you're probably not going to infect anybody yourself. Yeah, you know, and I'm kind of lucky because I feel like if they lock the keys down like they did in COVID, because like I got here, I don't know, a couple months ago, but in the middle of COVID, the locals that I've been talking to, they like locked it down from Largo down. Like you couldn't come in unless you had an address or a like a job, like a pay stub. You actually had to like pass through a checkpoint. Um, yeah, but I feel like I'm kind of lucky because I can not go through the checkpoint <laughs> and just right. go north. If right. Lock That's the well, last place I'm going to be is the Keys. I mean, you're talking, I mean, you've got A1A, but when 
all the truck drivers and shit have to go through a, a checkpoint, you know what I mean? Like, it slows everything down. Products are scarce enough down here. Yeah, so how how does that how would that work if you're on a boat? Like if if people have to go through a checkpoint on the road, what do boaters have to do a similar thing, or can they just roll up to the available dock? International during COVID, so like I went to the Bahamas in November. So like two days after the Bahamas reopened, and I was watching that shit on their website, like a hawk. And um, yeah, they open on November tenth, and I crossed on November twelfth checked in on the morning of the 13th and it was just i had to show like um, a pcr test like a negative pcr test okay and I back in the states it was kind of chill <laughs> i just got this app called cbp realm and mm-hmm. you just it's almost like a, you, you text the government almost like hey i'm back in the country and you tell them like your name and your passport number and what vessel number and stuff you're on and then they video chat you just to confirm your face matches your passport and then you're in. Wow. So that was when you went to the Bahamas or when you came back? That was when I came back. So when I checked back into Miami from Bimini. Wow. Um, February. Yeah, it was very strange. I thought that was strange. But apparently that's standard. I wonder if that's always been standard or if that was a protocol that they uh, invented after the, the COVID. Do you know? Well, I just felt like it was rather lax. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does seem back into the country you have to go through hella TSA like double checkpoints like all the metal detectors and everything well yeah but that, that but in that in that scenario right you're you're on a you're on a commercial flight with hundreds of other passengers or in an airport with tens of thousands of other uh, potential passengers where if you're just on your boat Sure. You know, at you know, you're at most you're gonna what blow up your own boat or smuggle in a bunch of drugs that they don't really care about. Yeah, it's just I I never thought it would be so lax entering by water, but it is. It's as long as you have all your paperwork in order, like you just lay down a big stack of paper, and they hit you with a couple of stamps, and you're done. There you go. Jack Marks, dude. Can't argue with it. But yeah, not no COVID interference for the most part. It's been chill. So what? So you took your own boat down to the Bahamas? Yeah. What kind of boat is it? It was my old one. That was my last boat. So that was my twenty-seven foot. Uh, it was a little twenty-seven foot cruiser, a little cabin cruiser, sailboat. Um, sailboat, okay. Yeah, bro. And I sailed that from Miami to Bimini, and then up to Freeport, and then took it down to like through the Berry Islands, which was really cool. Like did Great Harbor and down to Chubkey. And then did Chubkey, jumped to Nassau, and then Nassau over to Exuma and spent a fucking while in Exuma, like probably a month and a half, all the way down to Georgia. During this time, were you working too or just vacationing or touristing? Touristing, totally. Because I had gotten laid off from COVID. Got it, <laughs> so got it, got it. Collecting in the Bahamas. Wow. Right on. <laughs> Is that shady? I feel like that's shady. Well, why would it be shady? Yeah, it sounds like you. I mean, it's one of those things where you're not, you're not, you're following the rules. The rules are just benefiting you. It just worked out, you know. And now I'm back yeah. to work, which is cool. But I don't know. It was just a very opportune yeah. time. I just kind of took full advantage of the situation that. Yeah. And so now you have a new. Now you have a new boat. You said. Yeah. So I got a new one. Is it still a sailboat? 
Yeah, bro. It's a 34 foot dome. All right. Well, that uh, seven feet makes it uh, that much more comfortable, I suppose. Yeah, bro. Got a little bit extra space, a little bit extra doohickeys and stuff. But um, yeah, it's weird. Like I just bought a boat. I'm gonna spend less than three months on. You know, I'm gonna have to put this bitch in the yard because I got what five month contract coming up. So. Oh right. So you so you're on someone else's boat. You said the catamaran, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Back right to the on. And then when that contract's out, you're back on the boat. Damn right. Seems like a pretty smooth move. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, you know, that sounds like living the dream right there outside of podcasting like this like do you guys have your own podcast outside of green room i feel like this thing is really new uh well we basically we record the podcast via green room and then then we host it, it's hosted by spotify and itunes and all that sort of thing wow that's actually super cool it, it it is super fun. You're, this is like episode ninety eight, and um, as, yeah. It's, so as far as like usually we talk about stuff like um, bullshit, but just nothing. Yeah, yeah. Food that we ate, what we cooked, what show we watched, that sort of thing. Nothing, nothing cool like uh, like flying off to New Zealand and uh, sailboating down to the Bahamas. Not, not, this is probably our most interesting topic yet. Yeah, I, I was about I was about to talk about I was about to talk about the fact I had a I, I coached a band like a kid band of about of seven kids in like a stairway to stardom competition this weekend, and um, they've written two original songs and did cover song, and and we actually took second place. Wrote killer songs, got along really well, and um, it was it was really and they got to perform at an amphitheater, and um, they they killed it. I was really really thrilled. Wow, yeah, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't heard any of this. Which amphitheater was it? It's well, it's a Quarry Park amphitheater in Rockland, okay. and like um, smaller uh, 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 artists have played there, like Pablo Cruz, which I guess was a one-hit wonder in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, was there like the night before. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but still, I mean, it was, it was a bigger venue than I played. I played to more people, but not a larger, larger venue itself. Right on. So that was, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's really fun to, see, I, to be a part of it and to have these kids who I know they'll remember this for the rest of their life. They'll remember all these aspects of it. And to just be a song and be a tinker with the songs they're writing and all that sort of thing. It was really fun. That's super impactful. How many boys were there? Or how many people were there? There's seven kids in the band. We had three guitar players, so we had to find something three guitar players and a keyboard. Like wall of sound. You guys are like Toto or something. Right. <laughs> Luckily, there was just one lead guitar player, and one of the kids was willing to play acoustic guitar. So so that, that all worked out. And the keyboard player and the acoustic guitar player were brothers. So that all worked out. We had a female front who just killed it. And they're going to get to record their, their two original songs, and they'll be on Spotify too, under the, um, the it's music label or whatever. So there's evidence of that uh, going on. But that, that, that being said, we have learned about it. And uh, we usually do about 30 minutes or so, and we're about 28. So, Nick, it has been awesome having you on. Thank you very much. For yes, thank you. Thank you for having him by this. 
Um, I got to do some dishes, so I'll see you guys later. All right. All take right, care, Nick. Exciting. All right. Well, that was exciting. That was that was not what I expected, but hey, that's the way naval gazing goes sometimes. Right, sometimes yeah, this, this was an adventure, man. I was going to tell Nick, if he ever bothers to listen to this, that uh, he ought to do his own. He sounds like he's had a pretty interesting life uh, at, it, for just the short period of time that he's been living it. He 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 does. I, I I'm concerned about the the sound quality, but I I think it's worth stumbling through the sound quality to to gaze at the life of Nick. I think so too. All right, all right, Jimbo. I will talk to you next week. Later.